0: It amazes me what some people will pay for a baseball card, but the internet says it's true. Hey Hey there, and welcome to The Internet Says It's True, where every week we learn something that sounds like I made it up, but it's really true. Part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. This is episode 178, another brand new story for this week and my baseball fan listeners will love this one, but it's not necessarily about baseball. It's about collectibles and how things are valued. I want to thank you again for tuning in. I was curious, so I asked listeners what the first podcast they ever listened to was. Conrad said The Moth, which was probably one of... The first ones I listened to. Lisa said We're Alive, then Radio Lab and Serial, which I think we all listen to at some point. CJ said The BB Live Show and Penn Radio. Eric said Movies You Should See. Anyway, the question is up on the show's social. I'm really interested in some of those formative podcasts. So please go on my social media. Let me know what your first podcast was, whether you go on Facebook or Instagram, whatever you go on. What were the ones that got you hooked? I want to know. For me, it was The Moth. It was Pendulette's show. It was uh, Oh No, Ross and Carrie, which I still listen to and still love. Uh, If you want to be a Tizziter and join our community, you can do that through the link on the website. That's also the place where you can find links to our sponsors, show transcripts, merch, and more. When you sign up to be a Tizziter, that makes you a super fan of the show, and I will give you my undying love. I am once again asking your financial support. I told you last week, but if you are someone who listens to us via the NPR One app, that app is being discontinued and all migrated to the new NPR app. Our podcast is available there, so go to the NPR app and follow The Internet Says It's True on there. In today's story, we're going to talk about the incredible journey of a single piece of cardboard. Let's get on with it. Get on with it. Yes, get on with it. Let's get on with it. The most the most famous baseball card in all of history is probably the Honus Wagner T206 from 1909. We'll talk about that card and its history, but before we do that, you might be surprised to learn that the most famous baseball card in the world isn't the most valuable. The most valuable baseball card in the world is from 1952, the Topps Mickey Mantle card from 1952. Mantle had only played for one year in 1952, and this was the very first year for Topps Baseball Cards, a company that is still in business today and sees something like $35 million in annual revenue. Previous to that, they had been known as the American Leaf Tobacco Cards. The Topps 1952 set didn't sell as well as they wanted, so one of the executives decided to dump all of the extra cards into the Atlantic Ocean. As a result, he created one of the most in-demand trading cards in the world – The Mickey Mantle card from that set is incredibly rare. There are only nine of them in existence that the Professional Sports Authenticator grades as nine or better. In 2022, someone paid $12.6 million for this baseball card. The value of a thing is determined by what people are willing to pay for it. In 1989, I was thrilled to get a Ken Griffey Jr. card, in a pack of upper-deck baseball cards. This is a baseball card that's often listed in the hundreds of dollars and some even in the thousands. But I wasn't a Seattle Mariners fan. I was a New York Mets fan. And my older brother had this card known as the Magic Mets, a card from 1987 that featured all of my favorite players, right? Dwight Gooden, Daryl Strawberry, Howard Carter, Keith Hernandez, and Sid Fernandez. So he was more than happy to trade me for my Ken Griffey Jr. card. It was a horrible trade. That Magic Mets card isn't worth more than a few bucks, but to me, it was worth trading away one of the most sought-after cards of the 1980s. Baseball card values are determined by a whole host of factors, rarity being chief among them, but condition being another really important factor. One of the rarest cards in existence is known as the T206 Honus Wagner. The T206 refers to a set that was produced from 1909 to 1911 by the American Tobacco Company. It would be included with cigarettes and loose tobacco in 16 different brands. Cigarette companies at the time included colorful cards with the packs to help hold their shape. These wouldn't just be sports figures, they were also made with animals and celebrities on them, Native Americans and views of different cities. Sports heroes were a natural fit for depicting on cards. But when they included Honus Wagner, who was a shortstop for the Pirates, he asked them to stop. Wagner didn't like the idea of kids buying packs of cigarettes to get a card featuring their favorite player. Some have put forward an alternate theory that he wanted more compensation from the American Tobacco Company. Regardless of the reason, the result was that only somewhere between 50 and 200 of these tobacco cards were ever created. The rest of the set was issued in the tens to hundreds of thousands of each card, so by comparison the Wagner card was incredibly rare. The card itself is a drawn picture of the shortstop. His hair is parted down the middle, and he's wearing a gray Pittsburgh Pirates jersey with the old spelling, which drops the H in Pittsburgh. Now, that's interesting for a few reasons, but mostly because it was an artist embellishment. The Pirates uniforms didn't have Pittsburgh written on them. The background is a bright yellow or orange, and the white border of the card has the text Wagner, Pittsburgh at the bottom. These tobacco cards were a smaller size than the typical baseball cards we're used to seeing. It was just 1 7 16 inches wide by 2 5 8 inches tall, very small. The backs usually featured one of the 16 brands of tobacco. At this point in the story, we shift focus to hockey legend Wayne Gretzky. The star hockey player retired in 1999 after 20 years of playing in NHL. His net worth today is something like 250 million. In addition to being a hockey legend, Gretzky was also a great baseball player. He was even offered a contract by the Toronto Blue Jays back in 1980. He also loved football, so much so that he and a guy named Bruce McNall went in together to purchase a Canadian Football League team in 1991. The next year, the two had big plans for an upcoming Sotheby's auction. The auction had a mint condition T206 Honus Wagner baseball card, and the two men, McNall and Gretzky, partnered to bid on it. They won the card at the bid of $451,000. And this is huge considering that before that, the card had just been purchased at a Long Island collectible shop for $25,000. Gretzky's notoriety, I mean, the man's nickname is The Great One, mixed with the pristine condition of the card, made it the most well-renowned baseball card in history. It became known as the Gretzky T206 Wagner. To make the card even more famous, world-famous illusionist David Copperfield decided to draw attention to the card in one of his specials. In The Magic of David Copperfield 15, Fires of Passion, Copperfield met with Gretzky and McNall in his Las Vegas warehouse and talked about the half-million-dollar baseball card. Then he proceeded to have Gretzky ruin the card by autographing it, before Copperfield ruined the card by tearing it into four pieces. We're in my warehouse with Wayne Gretzky, and he's going to let me tear up his $500,000 baseball card just so I can try to magically put it back together. You sure you're going to let me do this? Well, David, they trust you with the Statue of Liberty, and you
1: brought that monument back. I think I can trust you with my baseball card, but I want you to know I'm fully
0: insured. Oh, insured. Thanks for the vote of confidence. He then, of course, restored the card and removed the signature. After a quick break from our sponsors, I'll tell you how he did it. This episode of The Internet Says It's True is brought to you by Wild Gallery. Wild Gallery is a breathtaking art gallery in Austin, Texas. Isn't Austin just the coolest? But you don't have to travel to Texas to grab one of their pieces for your home. When you go to Wild Gallery online, you'll see that everything they sell is a spellbinding original piece of real Native American art, exploring the heritage, culture, and traditions from Native American artists. When you go check out their website at wild.gallery, that's wild, W-Y-L-D, you'll see their fantastic display of art at all levels, whether you're an experienced art collector or someone just looking for a piece to spruce up that blank wall in your home. You can search by price, by size, by artist, even by tribe. Once again, check them out at their online store, and you'll see what I mean real Native American artists on display. Go to wild.gallery, that's w-y-l-d.gallery today, or just click the deals link in the show notes. There was a time that humans used 100% organic products as healing balms and moisturizers for their skin. Well, I've partnered with an awesome company that wants to get back to those times. Fatco sells organic and responsibly made tallow-based skincare products. For centuries, humans used tallow in skin moisturizers and healing balms, but unfortunately, the topical application of these fats seemed to stop around the same time that animal fats stopped being considered part of a healthy diet. A lot of modern skincare products do more harm than good by stripping your skin of its natural oils. Let's change that. You can try them out now at fatco.com and get 15% off your order by using my promo code internet. Go to the slash deals for the link. I'm John DeSando, host of
1: Backtalk. This podcast is an extension of the long-running, award-winning movie review show, It's Movie Time. Backtalk features additional content and banter with guests about new movies. If you want more insight and information about what's playing now in theaters and online, find Backtalk at the WCBE podcast experience on wcbe.org.
0: You'll be happy you did. If you love listening to this podcast every week and you want to show your support, that would mean a great deal to me. You can do that by becoming a Patreon member. We've got members at all levels, whether you want to pledge $1 a month or $10 a month. Just think about the value that you receive from this show. And if you like the histories and the stories that you learn about or the jokes that you hear, and if you think that they're worth it, consider signing up. For that, you get every episode ad-free and a week early, access to bonuses like the unedited videos of the guest appearances, and 20% off all merchandise. You can sign up today at patreon.com slash michaelkent. That's patreon.com slash michaelkent. You didn't really think I was going to reveal the secret to a magic trick, did you? All I will say is that the trick took years of effort and work from at least three other magic creators, and it looked amazing on screen. It would have been even better without the corny jokes, but it was 1993, what do you expect? So let's get back to the value of the T206 Gretzky Wagner. The professional sports authenticator, which we'll call PSA from here on out, was established around the same time that Gretzky bought the card. The guy who was in charge of grading coins came up with this idea that baseball cards should have a similar authority, a scientific process for assigning value to sports cards. And the very first card the PSA ever graded was the T206 Gretzky Wagner. They graded the card as NMMT8, which means near mint with just a slight few issues, such as wax buildup or a tiny fray in one of the corners. The eight was eight out of 10. But for a card that was from somewhere between 1909 and 1911, this was absolutely incredible condition. It's the highest grade of any of the other T206 Honus Wagner cards. Gretzky didn't own the card for very long. He sold it to Walmart and Treat Entertainment in 95 for half a million dollars, so they could use it as a grand prize in a contest. And the winner couldn't afford the taxes on it, so she consigned it to another auction. The next owner would pay $641,000 in 1996. Then it was auctioned for 1.26 million, and that was the first time any sports card had fetched more than a million dollars. And it kept going on like this with the value increasing at each auction. Even Arizona Diamondbacks owner Ken Kendrick bought the card at one point for 2.8 million. Today, the value of the card is estimated to be somewhere between six and $7 million. And the most recent buyer has remained anonymous. Even poor condition T206 Honus Wagner cards sell for over a million. And this is the Gretzky Wagner card that it was in this just incredible condition. But wait, something was wrong. Around the time Gretzky bought the card, the baseball card enthusiasts were grumbling. The idea of a card from 1909 being in this good of shape was a little fishy, and there were claims that the card had been trimmed. In other words, someone had trimmed the edges of the card to remove any sort of fraying or inconsistencies and to make it appear brand new like the day it came out of the cigarette pack. As the card gained more and more notoriety, the voices got louder, and they were all pointing toward one man, Bill Mastro. Bill Mastro was the man that had walked into that Long Island collectible shop in 1985 to buy the card for $25,000. The shop was selling the card for a collector named Alan Ray. Alan Ray had been one of the most outspoken skeptics about the value of the card as the value kept going up and up. Mastro, the buyer, was the head of Mastro Auctions, a huge sports memorabilia auction house out of Chicago, and they were the auction house that sold the card to the group that eventually ended up selling it to Gretzky. Apparently, the original owner, Alan Ray, had a photo of this card when it was in his possession, and it looked nothing like the pristine card that was now skyrocketing in value. He remembered the card having sides that sort of bowed out, he said, like a football, but the card being shown at these auctions had perfectly straight and parallel sides. With the help of an undercover agent wearing a wire, Mastro admitted that he had trimmed the card. Final nail in the coffin for him was the FBI uh, had gotten one of Mastro employees um, to wear a wire. And this guy got Bill to tell him the story about how he had trimmed the card. Bill Mastro discusses the condition of the card when he purchased it talked about how it had bowed side borders, shaped like a football, and how he trimmed the sides of that card in order to make it more attractive. The card had been trimmed using a paper cutter to make it appear in more pristine condition. But that wasn't all. Mastro had been using fake online profiles during his auctions to shill bid the auction values higher. In 2013, he pled guilty to mail fraud and was sentenced to 20 months in prison and a hefty fine. The interesting thing here to me is that anyone who's bought the card since the trimming scandal was exposed knows that it's an altered card and it's still worth between six and seven million dollars. It's the second most valuable sports card in the world because that's what people are willing to pay. And in other news, what are you all willing to pay for a 1987 Magic Mets card? It's time for Yap Yap with me and a friend, and this week we're talking to Dan Wilbur. Dan's a comedian, writer, and actor. His work has been seen on MTV, Funny or Die, College Humor, Onion News Network, many, many, many more places. Check out his Substack where you can read the fun things that he writes there. His album Husband Material can be found on Amazon, iTunes, everywhere else you listen to stuff. What's going on, Dan? Good to see you, man.
1: Yes, thank you. I need I need more Substack subscribers. Yeah. To read my thoughts on. Uh, Oppenheimer I haven't seen it so I'm just I'm writing movie reviews
0: without uh actually seeing them that would be a great idea <laughs> that for would be staff, a really great idea it would be like the <laughs> um was it I think it was Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig who did uh who did no what was the yeah I think they did reviews where they clearly hadn't read the movie Yeah, yeah, hadn't seen it, hadn't done, yeah. That's been a joke on the office a couple times too. Uh, They did the, uh, well, they when the 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 book club thing that they did, the higher, the finer things society or whatever, and it was about Angela's Ashes, the book, and he didn't read it, and they were like, "What was your favorite part?" And he was like, "Angela, Ashes, no, Uh, (laughs) so good."
1: Yeah, I try not to do that. Haven't we done that enough in school? Yeah. tended to read what was I, assigned so now I actually <laughs> am honest about what I read and I remember what I now finish. it was that's
0: it was it was Kristen Wiig and, and Will Ferrell presenting awards at like a it was like an Oscars and right. uh yeah that was that was killer just perfect that, I, that's, that's my favorite thing that they do is when they just sort of improv on stage you know same thing with Cat and Garth when uh when Cat and Garth would do it on on SNL uh, and sing songs that they would just make up. Anywho, mm-hmm. uh, good to see you, man. What's what's latest with you? Uh, you know, just all
1: day just living that suburban life. I'm Same. Talking Costco. <laughs> I'm talking having some guy, you know, tell me what's wrong with the house. Wait, Having a have... person who knows what they're talking about. Do you have kids? No.
0: So how do Nothing you make Costco work with just... <laughs> like, Because uh, my wife and I joined Costco and we, It was really difficult to make it make sense When Like you go in there and it's like Would you like 34 steaks in one package And no I don't uh, need 34 steaks in one package
1: Well what you need to do Is invest in like a big freezer Which I <laughs> it's don't <full>. have <laughs> it's I, got full. Two, I got two mm-hmm. freezers In yeah. my house And uh, yeah I'm just awaiting the apocalypse Okay you I feel you're, like we talked about Costco the last time
0: I was here. That's
1: fine. We don't have to talk about like Costco. Like thinking of my suburban uh, you know, I I'm trying to I'm trying to tell you some good news about living on Long Island and uh, you know, it's just a <laughs> constant uh, it's a constant barrage of new people coming in and being like, "Well, that's broken. You should fix that. Well, that's uh, broken. You should fix that. You should take care of that right away." And then whatever's underneath it also costs uh, three
0: grand. It's great. I love it. The joys of home ownership. It really was like um, that. I remember when we first moved in here, it was like oh, we, I had no idea all the different things that I needed to do, even though like the house is in good shape. But it's like, kind of like, oh, I have to buy that subscription. Oh, I have to have lawn care. What? You know, yeah, like my, yeah. my neighbors are going to judge me if I don't have lawn care.
1: Right. Yeah, that's I I. I. I I didn't like paying too much to live in an apartment in New York city, but I didn't do any of this. (laughs) There was like a guy who came sometimes to fix things. Yeah. Everything else was like fine. Sure.
0: Yeah. And Uh, all that,
1: all that I, the price I had to pay was talking to, you know, an old lady for 45 minutes every time I did my laundry. So
0: (laughs) I guess, you know, give and take, it wouldn't be New York if you didn't have those types of stories, though. That's how That's right. you find out about what's going on. That's how you find the gossip.
1: The hot gossip of the 99-year-old woman who lived no, above me.
0: No matter whether we're in the city or in the suburbs, you and I are both going to be that old lady one day. Oh, yeah. Talking I to people hope. who will listen. We'll just be doing it I don't on know. stage. You think you're going to make difference. it to 90? No, I won't make it to 90. I, I don't plan on making it to 90. But, but I'd would feel like, to, like you're 90. I'd like to make it to 80. The sad yeah. realization about that is, I just turned forty-five, and so if I'm planning on not making it to ninety, I'm past the the, the half water yeah. mark, the the halfway uh, mark. Yeah,
1: Ugh. I'm definitely
0: I'm definitely past my my half, and I'm younger, so I'm halfway I, I'm halfway dead. Yeah, I'm. Is this a life half empty or a life half full? We're gonna find out. Is life half empty? Has that been taken for a book title? Because that's a great by autobiography title. That is good. Yeah. It uh, with the
1: question mark
0: at the end is life half empty? Life half empty? No, it's declarative. Life half empty. Oh, <laughs> life's half
1: empty. Good luck. There is actually, a half. Ha- there is actually a memoir called Half Empty. Okay. Honestly, well, there you go. it's a David Rakoff. I think that's how you say his name.
0: Great, great book. Um, life half empty would be a good like R. larry R. David yeah. autobiography. Yeah, because you know, like a eternal pessimist type of type of thing. Yeah uh the the listeners are waiting for us to get into the quiz. So for this question, <laughs> we're playing for a joke. If you get it wrong, you got to tell me a joke. If you get it right, I will tell you one. Um, and this one, the the joke that I pulled up is really really bad this week, so I'm hoping you get it wrong so you have to tell me one. Here's your question. The okay. T206 Gretzky Wagner refers to what? A a famous bus once used to transport the Edmonton Oilers. B, a type of hockey stick. Or C, a 1909 collector baseball card. I'm going to say C, a Final 1909 answer? collector baseball Yes. Guess or pretty certain?
1: Uh, that's a guess.
0: That's a guess. The answer is C, the 1909 collector baseball card. You are correct, my friend. You got My right. streak continues. This is the very famous Honus Wagner baseball card. The most famous baseball card in existence, the T two oh six was just the name of a it was a tobacco card. It was this was before they put them in oh. packs with gum. Uh, and uh
1: yeah, that refers to the two hundred and six carcinogens in
0: the <laughs> that's right. they Absolutely. knew
1: they knew ahead of time. They were like, yeah, there's tar in there, there's a, yeah, there's some <laughs> kind of formaldehyde. Good luck. Yeah. At that point it's Edna, like
0: Heinz fifty seven. Yeah. But, like, but but it's two hundred and six people that they had identified that had already died. From tobacco yeah that's right uh, that's right so yeah the t206 gretzky wagner card it was onus wagner uh and it was the one that was at one point purchased by gretzky he didn't have it he only had it for like three years but that was he was famous enough that that is kind of how that one card is identified um here's the interesting thing about this it was uh it's not the most valuable trading card in existence there's a mickey mantle card that from 1952 that's it's much more valuable, but this one has the most um, media presence, and it's been it's been famous for longer. And G- Wayne Gretzky owned it. And the other thing is that Honus Wagner hated the fact that they were sold with tobacco because he didn't want kids to buy packs of cigarettes to get these right. trading cards. So right. um, he made it so that he was he he basically told them to quit putting him in there. So there were only but somewhere between fifty and two hundred of these cards in existence when they made them. And wow. the other, th- this one was also um, involved with a scandal. The guy who sold it, this was before Gretzky ever had it, trimmed the edges of it so that it looked nicer. Mm-hmm. And once that was exposed, it didn't matter. People still consider it one of the most collectible baseball cards ever. So wow, pretty interesting. Uh, why it's are dumb. some umpires fat? Is that a trivia
1: question or is, is <laughs> No, a, this is a. Oh, that's this is your a joke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's because the I always like to guess. Yeah, go for it, please <laughs> because do. Because this, because it's always safe to I don't know. <laughs> They're calling those balls. Because there they those always
0: balls. clean their plate. <laughs> ah.
1: I was never going to get there. No, so to be honest.
0: <laughs> it was a pretty good punchline. Like it's clever. Um, yeah, it's good. One. And it's it's not. It, it, there's a pun, but it's not like overly punny. So, uh, yeah. Okay, question two. For this question, we're going to play for an admission of the worst thing we've ever created, either written or performed. And I will say, I had my friend Eric Tate on the show last week. He uh he got the question wrong, I think, and I never. Never made him tell me this because I completely forgot because we got to talking about something else. So I'm going to have to go back to Eric. I just realized this. So I'm going to have to go back to Eric Mind and have kick. him answer this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, think of the worst thing you ever created. One particular card from 1989 that's worth a bit of money is a very particular Cal Ripken Jr. Fleer card. Which one of these reasons is the, is the real reason why the card is so valuable? A, his teammates wrote face on the bo- that's going to be bleeped out on the bottom <laughs> of his bat which made it into the picture b the background of the photos sh- photo shows someone mooning the camera or c he's pictured mm. wearing the wrong uniform
1: I'm going to say A because I didn't I didn't
0: think you would swear on here. <laughs> that was a tell. So, so I, You're right. I, I'm it's gaming. <laughs>
1: I'm gaming the system.
0: Yes. Yeah, that was I, as I said it. I'm like, there's no way I would ever say uh, say that on this show if it wasn't. The yeah, right he wouldn't it. have it made wasn't that necessary. Up, So I'm sorry. I could have said F face to... FF. So that's yeah. uh, but it's it's commonly referred to as FF um, for that. <laughs> like if you see it listed yeah. on eBay, it'll say FF. And very, very few Funny. of them got out before they found the mistake. And what most people's card was, they didn't put a different picture on. They just put a little black box on the, oh, butt, that's fine. But on the butt of his bat. And so the most, yeah. the most common one of those cards you'll see has a little black box. And a lot of people thought that was all that there was, and they knew the lore. But there really was, um, there was a number one. of these out there that in Sharpie Marker, on the butt of the bat, right? You know, he's holding the bat, and you can see it, and his teammates pulled a fast one on him. so. Pretty good. I love it. Pretty good. Okay. I owe you Stuff. an admission of the worst thing I've ever created, written, or performed. I've said this one many times. Uh, there are a couple, but one was a, um, a prediction with 8 by 10s of the Golden Girls, and the idea was which one of the Golden Girls would this person want to be romantically involved with, and um, obviously, like, so they, before they do one, I say, I'm going to make a prediction. And the audience can see that all my predictions are Blanche Devereaux, like all of all of mine or no. what? No, my prediction is Blanche. De- I, I have to remember. It's been so long. My prediction is Blanche De- Devereaux. I hang it up so he can't see it, but the audience can. And then when he goes to choose, the audience can see he can only choose Blanche Devereaux. Right. It's like a, you know, a trick. Um, but then by some magical miracle, he chooses Sophia. And uh, then my prediction is Sophia. So and I thought that there would be this whole cult following around the Golden Girls that would be like, you know, people would love it. And it was just crickets the entire time. Um, so that was horrible. <laughs> um, the other one was a, a, was a mechanical basket of laundry that danced to music. And it was all robotic. And the robotics went haywire. And it was all, it was very bad. It was very it. bad. Yeah. I'm going to say my entire Vine account. R.I.P. <laughs> was it, Vine. Did, did you, tr- you tried and failed at Vine? I remember trying yeah, it. On
1: TikTok never... I got, now I'm great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Vine was our practice. Yeah, Vine was like a good rehearsal for TikTok, because when Vine came out, some people just killed it and are still popular because of Vine. Mm -hmm. Do you remember uh, uh, Will Sasso's Vine? Mm -hmm. It was the best one. The lemons. The lemons, everyone, he'd just be talking, and then he would cut, there'd be like a lemon in his mouth with water. Oh, would see them.
1: If he saw them anywhere, they... Yeah, I shot out of his mouth.
0: There is a comp- if you, you can go on TikTok and search for Will Sasso Vine compilation, <laughs> and you'll see it. Yeah, yeah. by so the third
1: good. one, you will laugh.
0: Yeah, it's super good. It's, it's really good. It's really good, and he would he would also do one where his face isn't even in it, but he's just talking like in his Schwarzenegger uh, voice. Oh yeah, and talking about traffic. <laughs> like he'll be yeah. just talking about things that he sees. So so good. Vine was a was a particular. Uh, creature that not many people really got the hang of. It was right. that was in a world before we were used to this short attention span. We were still watching twenty minute YouTube videos at that point. I remember it well. You know what I've been but... hearing a lot. I heard it the other day uh, from someone. He was like, "Yeah, I went to your YouTube. You haven't really posted anything on there, and all the all the videos were really old." And. There are videos that are newer on there. There's not a ton of them because most of what the YouTube is is like these, as these, these um, episodes get launched onto the YouTube. And I just try to right. I put everything on the same channel. But well, they do shorts now. Yeah. And I only have a couple short. I put one short up because it did really well on Instagram and TikTok. So I put it up on shorts. Um, but so few of my videos are under a minute. It's really hard. Yeah. Really hard to do. Are I've you got a lot to say? Are you YouTubing a lot? I YouTube. I put all the shorts
1: on there if I've done them on TikTok, etc. Do you like? And then uh, do you take off the TikTok watermark or anything? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, you gotta. Well, now you can download them before you post them. Or there's a thing called Toksave Is <laughs> this or TikSave? I don't it, have that. It gets rid of the watermark. I don't know. It costs money, and I was mad that it costs money. But it's because I saw. The Instagram was intentionally burying, and they were open mm-hmm. about it. They were yeah, burying they, yeah. the the ones with the watermark. I just so, put a
0: sticker over the watermark when I do it. But that looks smart. really cheap. It looks horrible. Um, some yeah. people, like my, my friend Anthony said he uses CapCut, so he makes it in CapCut, and then he uploads it to everything from there.
1: Right. It's CapCut. Or, CapCut uh, puts
0: a thing at the end of it that I don't like.
1: I so. don't know... There was a thing where you could make the video and then right in the upper right corner, there was a download button. And if you clicked from there, it wouldn't have the. I'm going to have to
0: experiment with this more because this is I like to talk to other people who create content who who what they do, because I do I don't put as much on YouTube as I should. I hope you don't cut any of this so that everybody learns how to. No, this is all algorithm. This is all inside baseball, and uh, somewhere out there, someone's enjoying this. I don't know if the, I I don't even know like how many people really care about this stuff, but it's super interesting to me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the tip is always whatever would do the most good for that social media channel.
0: So no link
1: out, no, you
0: know, totally. I was talking to uh, the wrong. I was talking about this on the Penguin Magic podcast that every platform wants you to do everything you can to keep people on that platform and not not to another platform. And so that makes total sense. I would do the same thing if I were the Zuck. Uh, Yeah. For question three, we're going to play for a sticker. It's square and it's sticky. And so far, you are two for two. Question three, the official spelling of Pittsburgh and the way that it's depicted on the famous Honus Wagner card is without the H on the end. Which one of these hmm. years did Pittsburgh officially add the H? Was it 1890? Yeah, he just. <laughs> for those of you who are listening, Dan just threw his hand in the air because there is no way to know this. Is it 1892, oh, 2014, or 1911? So I just read this book. Frick, about Frick
1: and uh, Carnegie and the okay. founding of Pittsburgh, and yeah. it was spelled Pittsburgh with an H. Okay, from, from what I remember. When was um, that book written? Well, I mean, it was written twenty years ago, so okay. it's not helpful. Not helpful at all. But I'm almost. But now I can't remember if there was. So I know that the founding of Pittsburgh around post Civil War, like that's when uh 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 you know the riots happened. I'm going to go 1893. I'm going to go A.
0: A? The answer, 1911. There's no way you no! could have known this. No way you could have known this. Uh, so, yeah, this is the, 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 the key word in this question was officially because until then, people like like citizens of Pittsburgh had spelled it both ways. The, the, the okay. H was very common, mostly because of like European standards. They had the H on the back of the words of the Bergs. Um, A lot of people didn't have it with the H. They just had it with the G and the government, mostly the post office, spelled it with no H. But people kept doing the H anyway. And there was Mm. like a petition to add the H. So in 1911, they decided officially like the government, we use we use the H. But the interesting thing is there are four or five other cities in the U.S. named after Pittsburgh and they do Mm. not have the H interesting i've been to one of them it? it's also been to missouri it's also nice oh you've been to pittsburgh missouri yeah very exciting place to be very near not joplin that. yeah anyway go ahead Sorry.
1: remembering uh 1911 you know the last time the government got anything done am i right <laughs> hey yo that h on the end yeah that's back when they were then when they worked for us and it was all about the around. post
0: office there's if there's anything i've oh, learned yeah. it's that if, you, if it's about naming <laughs> or post offices they'll get it done they'll get it done yeah bipartisanship when it comes to the naming yeah. of things all right so no sticker for you this time i'm sorry to Dang. tell you Two for three. i'll
1: tell you uh how about how about this i'll tell you a specific vine i made that was awful please do <laughs> yeah it was it was a uh, national cheesecake day and for this place i worked i was like i'm gonna try to put cheesecake in every meal and record like a six second vine of like how how many ways can I put cheesecake in something and so it was six seconds of like here's me I'm gonna have some steak and eggs and some cheesecake for breakfast oh look at look at this it's this and then like by the end of it I said you can also use cheesecake as a napkin because I had a whole cheesecake that I <laughs> ate throughout the day and I was like I couldn't think of anything at the end so I just started wiping it on my face like it oh, was, I love it you know me getting married to the cheesecake i uh shoving it. it in my own face
0: and the restaurant, ladies and gentlemen, was the Cheesecake Factory. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I, yes. I was, I was the social media manager that's of how the you Cheesecake have so Factory. Much, that's how you have so much cheesecake. I, that's, that's pretty great. Did, did anyone see it? Did it do well? It did
1: great. It was like the, my best vine because the website shared it. Uh, and
0: That's So that's it was their great. platform instead yes. of me.
1: So it was like, you can embed it. And
0: people are like, this is terrible. And I was like, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the point. You watched it, did Yep. That's I loved it. Kind of like these really bad videos that are bad on purpose just so people watch them. I um I created one once that was a bunch of like 10-second, you know, what Vine was. It was a bunch of really really quick videos and it was the whole theme was how to throw away a garbage can. And so right. each day as I took my garbage can out and this was like the big green kind that you take to the curb in the suburbs, right? It has wheels, yeah. you know, but it, it had started to break. And so every time a little piece would break off, I would put it in the garbage can. And so the garbage, can I, I have videos of this where it would get smaller and smaller and to the point where it was maybe two feet tall with wheels. And <laughs> cause I had thrown away all the top, I'd put it in the garbage can and uh, they were still just emptying it and not throwing it away. And, uh, then it got to be, I can't remember why I stopped doing it, but I have all these videos and I never did anything. They've never existed anywhere no, else. I, don't, I have these funny, videos. Yeah. Uh, I love the premise. It just didn't, I didn't finish it up. I don't think I committed is the thing. Once, once it got to be, you know, embarrassing just for my neighbors to see it, I was like, oh, I'm just going to throw the whole thing in the other garbage can. All right. <laughs> Question four. We're going to play for an admission of the very best thing that's happened to us this week. Which one of these nicknames was given to Honus Wagner? Was it A, the Flying Dutchman, B, the Speed Demon, or C, the Scooter? One of these is an actual real nickname for Honus Wagner.
1: Okay, I'm going to say C, the Scooter. It's a complete guess, but uh, that's that's what I want to do because... I think, I think that's, what they,
0: that's what they like to call him. Yankees fans hate you right now because the scooter was Phil Rizzuto. No! Wagner, The Flying Dutchman was his nickname.
1: Wow. I, that was my last guess.
0: Yes. The, the Flying three. Dutchman. He, I guess he was, he was very fast. That's where the flying came from. And uh, right. he was German. He had a German heritage. So, Wagner, yeah. you know. The Flying Dutchman, which was a World War I airplane, I believe. I think maybe oh. a, a, a World War, I don't, I have no idea. I don't know what the, the fly, maybe it's a ship. No, that's a ship, right? Like a yeah, sea? Yeah, it sounds, I, yeah, I don't know. Let's Google it. No the idea. name of the show used to be Tell Me What to Google. So we're going to Google the Flying Dutchman.
1: <laughs> this is, I. this is the worst I've ever done in a quiz. Um, is it? I've always, I've that's always what, done them uh, all right. That's what, what Eric Tate to- said
0: last week. <laughs> and, I must be writing them harder. So the Flying Dutchman is a legendary and infamous supernatural ghost ship. So nice, um, scary. Well, that's that's Pirates of the Caribbean lore. I want to know if that's based <laughs> on real. Let's look at Wiki. Not like, yeah. oh, so Wiki he says, says yeah, they they base that on a legendary ghost ship
1: on a legendary ghost ship.
0: It was just never able to make port doomed to sail the seven seas forever. It's pretty
1: cool. Around, Dates back like to 1790. Yeah. A big
0: island of trash. That's our ghost ship <laughs> that we the, gave the world. The Flying Dutchman. From yeah. is, is there a gas station called the Flying Dutchman? Maybe that's just the Dutchman. Know. I don't know. Dutchman our listeners are screaming Buc-ies. at us right now because <laughs> we both don't know. This guy... There are uh, anything about sports or (laughs) you're you're batting 500. I thought maybe like, you know, maybe you collected baseball cards when you were younger. I don't know. Um, I did. did. I didn't know any of this stuff. I collected magic cards. Oh, any of those valuable? (laughs) I
1: think so. I think they are valuable, (laughs) but I just I I refuse to check. What because what would that mean for you? That would mean time spent going (laughs) through them. Yeah. Looking at each individual card and being like, ah yes, four dollars.
0: Is it that uh, you are afraid that you would enjoy your nostalgia too much? Yes. Yeah. I mean it's the same with books in my house. It's,
1: I can't move books without staring at them, and be like, I meant to read this. I yeah. think I'm gonna read this next. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna read this next. No, this one. And then does it go from there I to the a nightstand little at some point? Oh yeah. My nightstand's destroyed. Yeah. Bending under the weight of
0: too many books. I went back to Kindle recently because, um mm-hmm. you know, I I'd, I'd done the Kindle thing, and decided I didn't like it. And now I've been doing it again and kind of enjoy it. Here's why I, I enjoy use it. it. Yeah, I can switch back and forth because I get squirrely brain. I get ADHD uh brain, yeah. and I I so I I'm like, oh, I've read enough of that book. I need something different. I need to change things up in my life. Oh so, sure, yeah. And so. yeah,
1: what what's what would change your life up more than
0: reading a different book <laughs> in huge, the same seat? Huge life change, which reminds me of okay, moving four, your body. you you okay. got question four wrong. Has any what's the best thing that happened to you this week?
1: I was doing a show. I'm going to say this is the best thing that happened. I was doing a show. I was supposed to only do about 10 minutes at the end. And then I saw the guy telling me to stretch. <laughs> nice. And I was like, oh, cool. Maybe somebody famous is dropping in. And, uh, and then I did 40 minutes, and wow. I felt really good. I was just crushing, just doing so well Love on stage, it. feeling good. And I finally left, and I was like, what's going on? Like, Did I screw up? Was I not supposed to get off? And they were like, oh, someone threw up in the front hall, and we didn't want to let the crowd out until we had it cleaned up. And I was it like, took that's them right. 30 minutes to clean I, up the puke. I opened for vomit,
0: yeah, <laughs> the, the vomit hallway clean. So that, that was a, a high point and a low point. My but think about like you no know, that that really is admirable because think about how many comedians couldn't have done that oh yeah i would prefer it if every night
1: they were like why don't you do a tight five and then i got to just talk for 40 minutes
0: <laughs> yeah like but it takes it takes having worked to be able to do 40 on a moment's notice Yeah, which is which is very admirable uh yeah. so you went uh 500 you're you're 2 for 4 and that means that this next question is for all the marbles Dan if you get it right you're welcome back on the podcast anytime if you get it wrong you're banned for life Can't wait. Can't wait here's your question What other than Magic the Gathering cards what <laughs> do you collect
1: I am the proud owner since my birthday in December uh, of a record player, my first turntable. Okay, that I asked for. My wife got me a record player, and now I have within the span of two months, I got a, a hundred records. Holy that shit. I bought yeah, a lot and of it's not for one you month. Know, it's not, not a lot even, of records
0: for like there are collections much bigger than that. But for one month, you're you're way on top of it.
1: Yeah, for, for under a couple of months. Yeah, it's bad. So um, I gotta stop. <laughs> it's, it's over for a little while, but I, I did do like, I don't know. I've done uh, well finding cheap records and okay. my record guy just sort of throws some in. I love and some of them are guy. ones that they. Yeah. Sometimes if you got because I've only gotten a couple mailed because I wanted some comedy albums that I couldn't find anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like I have my favorite thing that I found is there's a uh, Albert Brooks album called Comedy Minus One where you do the punchlines to his setups on the second half of the record. Fun. And then there's laughter. So you're, you're saying it and then like wow. you're hearing laughter on the record. That's innovative. You can't, you can't get it anywhere else. It does not exist. Like it is, it does not exist digitally. It's not on a CD. Wow. It's, it's a record or you don't have it. It's, it's on vinyl. That's, that's it. Amazing. By the way, so, that was a right answer.
0: So you're welcome yeah, back okay, on the great. podcast, but, uh, that's, um, now do you actually do it do you say oh, the, the punchlines. is I it did just the like jokes. in the it's, in it's the a liner? sketch
1: it's a sketch yeah and it's oh. in the in the big fold Love out it. so the first half is him doing stand up and then the second half is like this really odd oddball sketch about putting you into show business
0: is it total <laughs> and, hack to do that on stage because i feel like you could set the premise what, to, up <laughs> To, to do the record, just just a couple jokes from the record. You could be like, okay, so <laughs> I found this record from Albert Brooks, and he did you this. You could thing. do it on a. I think you could do it as a TikTok. You could present. Yeah, I could maybe. do what
1: I'm doing right now as a TikTok, and it wouldn't be hacky,
0: but it would definitely. I'd probably get sued for doing it on stage. I, I don't know. Nobody else, clearly, no one's heard this. <laughs> I
1: mean, yeah, I, I don't know if it doesn't people seem like people know
0: about it. Sony's not out there, you know, looking for it on YouTube. Yeah. So it might be on maybe it is on YouTube. I don't know. I'm going to look it up right now. So. I'm going to learn about this. Uh so yeah, is look that up comedy minus 1? Is that favorite album so far? What's favorite album so far?
1: No, my favorite album is a uh, this 50 cent record, not 50 cent, the rapper. Oh, you, you paid record I bought for, for 50 cents. <laughs> okay. That, and I was just in the holiday section, you know, right before Christmas, and I found one called Disco Christmas. Ooh. And uh it paid off dividends. Just I bet. The play is great uh it it's it was definitely a 50 cent buy but it was it, it's a bunch of synthesizers playing like sleigh ride but there's a <laughs> disco beat behind it and you have to like you know you just to a new lease on life yeah you have to bop to it <laughs> and they're it. all terrible
0: I love they're it, all dude.
1: like very cheesy and uh i would have never listened to it otherwise i would never sought that out
0: so <laughs> Yeah, if they put three dollars on that thing, it's it's staying there forever.
1: Yeah, because it would be boring if I only bought a you know just a row of the best rock albums of all time, which I'm sort of doing. Yeah, or like I'm I'm interested in just buying a weird like like I bought a another one that was maybe two dollars was it was just songs about um trucking. And there's <laughs> all that. these like country yeah. country songs that sound like, you know, you're watching a movie and you just see somebody driving a truck and you hear a little slide guitar country and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm driving. I'm driving my big rig mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I have a whole album of just big rig tracks. I, and I really, really like just that. I was on the open highway for a whole 20 minutes. I flipped the record. I was back on the highway.
0: That was the month you bought a cowboy hat, I believe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Living Dude, that life.
0: It's been it's been so great having you back on, and uh, I hope you keep collecting records and and keep yes. expanding your record collection. Um, I need a new record player. My mom got, bought me a record player once, and it's a crappy like um, what is it? Cro- Cros Cros Croswell Crosby Croswell something like that. It's like the t- the, the low end kind that, that they right. sell in Barnes and Noble, you know. But it right. was enough to make me start buying records and I really totally get what you're coming from. I I started seeking out my favorite albums and it's like anytime you yeah. start a collection from scratch, it's really fun because you get to say, which ones are my favorite? Those are going to be first. And right. it's, it's kind of, you know, just and it's an it's a neat thing to go back to the era when we owned when we owned music. Like now, no, yeah, you don't own a, a thing, you know, it's not a physical thing. That like, oh I bought this thing and now I have it. Now it's kind of like, well, right. I'll listen to this because I'm in that mood. So I, yeah. I totally get it. Tell people where they can find you on the interwebs.
1: You can find me at Dan Wilbur Comedy on Instagram, on TikTok. You can find me at Dan Wilbur on X. And you can find my Substack. It's danwilbur.substack.com, uh, where I'm doing a weekly essay called Screen Time about what I wasted my time on with my eyeballs. Okay. Uh, that we just movies or also video games, TV. It's everything and nothing all at once because Perfect. there has not been one where I didn't just talk about a story from my life instead of whatever the media was. So which is what I we do want talk anyway. a lot about records, and I talk about watching, rewatching movies, and like books I couldn't finish, and then you know, and then I'll just slip in stuff about my childhood and and turn it into therapy for you.
0: Love it. So, get into it. Love it. Well, thanks again for coming on, man. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That is all for this week. Thank you so much to Dan Wilber for being my guest, and thanks to you for listening. Here's the voice of a kid who thinks a Flying Dutchman card is a Pokemon. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash michael kent if you learned something just now that you didn't already
1: know go to the apple podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a
0: few words that helps us a ton because that's how the algorithm works i don't know what an algorithm is but just do it see you next week for a brand new
1: episode of the internet says it's true
0: the Internet says it's true, we'd like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Sean Brown, Joshua Andros, Dallas Ray, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Jim and Joanne Martin, Mitch and Andrew Joseph Kemplin, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and all audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary and used under Fair Use Title 17 USC Section 107. You can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts, and you can see bonus content at patreon.com/slash Michael Kent.